This is the Successful Fashion Freelancer Podcast. I am your host, Heidi, and we talk about true remote freelancing here on the show where you work with multiple clients when and where you want, not temp job permalancing where you are a freelancer, but you work 40 hours a week full time for one brand. Um, That is not the type of work I condone and that is not the type of work we promote here. We're talking about real freelancing. You can get the freedom and flexibility you deserve. That is how I built my career in the fashion industry. For over a decade, I worked as a freelancer earning over $100,000 a year. It was the only way I didn't burn out in the industry after working full-time as an employee and having my own brand, both of which I was underpaid and overworked. And I kind of like became to hate what I was doing. Um, But freelancing saved that. And it is what I advocate for. And we bring guests on the show here to take you behind the scenes as to like what it's like to be a fashion freelancer, how you can build that career, how you find clients. We talk a lot about pricing and various nuances that people, no one really in our industry talks about. Um, And today's guest, I am pumped to bring back Alexandra Agreda, who was on the show about a year ago and has made so much progress since. She's one of our freelance accelerator students and she is kicking so much ass. Um, Alexandra, in the first six months of this year, earned twice as much as she earned in the entire last year, which essentially means she quadrupled her income four times. Um, So Alexandra and I talk a lot about the money and the the financial aspect of her growth, but we also talk a lot about like the the personal growth and the mental um, benefits that she has reaped from being a freelancer versus working full-time as an employee. Um, She has so many great mindset perspectives on freelancing in terms of like, she's like, first, I live my life. First, I am a person. I take care of myself. Um, She just took two months off this summer because she wanted to go on vacation and and not work for a couple months. So she's like, I'm going to take two months off and not work. As opposed to in a nine to five job where you sort of live for the weekend, which is not an amazing way to get through life, right? Um, so I'm not going to do any more spoilers. We talk about so many different nuances of you know how she's managing her clients, how she's managing her workload, how she's setting her prices, what some of her prices are. We talked very transparently about the finances. Um, and I think you're really, really going to love this conversation. No matter where you're at in your freelance career, I think you're going to love this conversation that I have with Alexandra. So um, if you are curious about building or growing your freelance career in fashion, uh, we have two great resources for you. One is Freelance Accelerator, which is my premium program. If you want to get on the wait list for that, it opens a couple times a year. You can check it out below in the show notes. We've linked it up, soheady.com slash fast, F-A-S-T. Or to check out my best free resources to get kickstarted right now, head on over to soheidi.com slash freelance. Again, we'll link both those up in the show notes. If you are enjoying the show and you want to help support us, make sure you subscribe wherever you are listening um, so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Reviews are always nice as well. And uh, hit me up on Instagram. I am mm, up and down as to my engagement there, trying to be more down than up as you know it can be a rabbit hole, but I'm there sometimes. So hit me up in the DMs or just comment on one of my posts. I try to reply to every comment. Um, that is it. Let's jump into my conversation with Alexandra so you can hear about all the kick-ass work she's doing and learn how you can do that for yourself as well. Here we go. Um, Alexandra, welcome back to the podcast. So just to give everybody a quick heads up, Alexandra was on the show. Your first episode aired, I just pulled it up, July... 19th, 2021. Ironically, it's July 28th, 2022. So it's almost exactly a year that we're chatting from when your last episode aired. And you emailed me a couple times over the past six or eight months with some really awesome updates. And I'm so excited to have you back. So for those of you, we'll link to your original episode and people go back and listen because I think it's going to be cool to see the transformation from like a year, right? It could be cool for even you to listen back and be like, look oh, at yeah. where I, I was, right? Oh, yeah, I can't believe it's been a year. <laughs> yeah. Um, but for those of you who are just going to dive into this episode, which you should, and then go back, let's get a quick introduction of who you are and what you do in the fashion industry. Hey, guys. I'm Alexandra Greta. I'm a 3D pattern maker, and I help brands launch um, physical or virtual collections, whatever that may be, um, using um, 3D pipelines. What is a virtual collection? Like, is this like, tell me about that. 
That's yeah, yeah. So a virtual collection is um, can be like NFTs, the okay. trigger word that you're seeing. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's what um, I was going to ask. And I was like, am I going to make a total a-hole of myself by being like, no, uh, no, no. That's NFTs? A great question. Yeah. People yeah, are doing yeah. this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. People are, are launching collections entirely virtually. And, um, you know, based on the feedback, that's how they'll know what to bring into production. Okay. Stuff, so. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's it's launched virtually, and yep. then ultimately mm-hmm. they adopt certain styles that they do produce mm-hmm. in the physical form. Correct, yep. Okay, so it's not people, like, exclusively buying NFTs just to, like, own the NFT of some virtual I mean, garment. It can be. But not really but so much. that's not typically what I'm, yeah, exactly. Okay, because that's where I was like, wow, this is really, I mean, I know some, like, the really <laughs> big fashion brands are maybe doing stuff like that, but. Oh, yeah. Um people that have like a really big name to run off of. Okay, cool. So give us like where, what have you been doing the last year? Like your business has grown so much in the freelance space. Um, you've, t- you've made some really interesting comments in email to me about the growth of 3d specifically, I think Clo and how brands are seeming to be, there was, it almost felt like you said they reached a tipping point in terms of like adopting 3d and Clo. Um, yeah. talk a little bit about what you've seen over the last year in, in your freelance career and, and what brands are moving into. Yeah. Yeah. It's super exciting. Um, I feel like, um, when we last spoke about a year ago, I was working for that, um, all in one, um, just like company that brought, um, you know, from like design to production stuff. I worked with them for a few months. Um, I've been dabbling with 3d sampling trying to make that a um like actual like service never knowing how to price it properly Mm. and because it's still so new so selling it it was a huge like uh, i just couldn't get it to stick and again i was feeling like uh you know i know i was informing people but i just felt like a salesperson like all over again Uh um so then probably though about around November, like October, November, it just complete like flip. I I had brands that I was reaching out to like six months prior coming back to me and people specifically asking for it in, um, in like posts that I'd see. Um, and it, I went from having like, I had consistent work throughout the year. Um, I was definitely happy about that, but then out of nowhere within a month, I, I obtained like six clients and it was very active work clients, um, which brought me all the way through. I probably just ended all that work like two months ago and have finally slowed down. So you had like six months of six or eight months of like solid booked, like, Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, which was completely like opposite end of the spectrum of like, Oh, yeah. I'm like trying to find more work too. Wow. I can't even like take a break yeah which was very interesting like experiencing that side yeah of the spectrum as well <laughs> yeah and it, you, it sounds like you went from like trying to convince people like you said you were like a mm-hmm. full-blown salesperson trying to convince people why yeah. 3d was the right direction to now like everybody just like banging on your door oh yeah yeah I was like trying to do like the sustainability you know it's um you know faster development like lead times uh like lower costs overall with you know uh lower like sample. Um, and it was insane that like, it was the trend that got everybody like on board, like onto the bandwagon of it. So I'm like, Oh, okay. That works, I guess. What do you mean it was the trend? Like what was the tipping point you think that happened? Um, I mean, you're starting to see it all over even just Instagram. Yeah. Just how, um, I think now the larger brands have, uh, jumped on board and now that they're fully caught up, um, now it's like, Oh, like that's so desirable. Now it's like acceptable. It's yeah. comfortable to feel like, okay, no, that's not just, I guess just a trend. Uh, yeah. it's not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it is interesting in fashion over the, you know, decade plus that I've been in the industry. Like, I feel like I have seen a lot of things like I think 3d has been trying to latch on for a long time. There's been a lot mm-hmm. of companies that have come and gone. There's been a lot of various tech pack software that's come and gone. So it is always scary to be like, well, am I going to adopt this thing? And then like in six months, the software is going to poof, be gone or something. Or like, is this really going to happen? But Mm -hmm. I do think we get, we have hit the breaking point, the tipping point. We're like, okay, it's happening. It's sticking. This is the way of the future. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. 
Mm-hmm. That's cool. So tell us, I mean, explain, tell us a little bit about the last six months you said was a little bit of an opposite of like where you were last year, where you had consistent work, you were making money, but you were like, I still want more clients to, oh my gosh, I'm so busy. Like, it sounds like you were just working like crazy. Talk to us a little bit about the difference in that and like how that felt and what that was like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy to go from like, oh, I just want like more clients and everything to all of a sudden like starting to panic and being like, wow, I kind of wish it was like, you know, back in the good old days where I could like, take a <laughs> break almost. It was like very overwhelming, not just in like the workload, but managing the business aspect, like all the like administrative, like logistics of it, okay. um, just the scheduling. Um, I mean, Google calendars is, you know, shout out. It helped me out so much, yeah. but um, not so much meeting deadlines, but just keeping on top of like, what every, like the checkpoint that everybody's at and stuff. And then having time for myself juggling that where it's like, oh, I don't actually like, you know what I mean? I, I don't have this time now to learn new skills or uh, build my business. Everything kind of was on a, like at a halt and I was just working. So it felt almost very like, like nine to five ish mm. kind of like where I'm not doing anything for myself, for my own personal growth. Mm-hmm. It's, so it was, it was very odd in that sense because like I learned that, I mean, the work, the actual freelance work that you're doing, the skills aspect is only like a portion of it. And then you have the business portion and then like, yeah, you have to brush up in your skills, especially 3d new things are coming out every single day. Yeah. So it was overwhelming to like now divvy up all of that time. Yeah. Um, between it all. So like, I mean, it's interesting because, you know, part of one reason why a lot of people want to go freelance is to escape that nine to five, like rat race. It sounds like you almost (laughs) got into it. Um, Mm -hmm. So like, what did you learn from the, the experience in these past six months? Like what might you do differently in the future to make that a little bit better? Or I I don't know, Mm -hmm. whatever the word might be. Oh yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was, an awesome experience. I'm so grateful for it. But like, I almost, it was satisfying in the sense where like, I almost felt like I needed to do that, like for myself to know where that line was of like, okay, what is too much? Like, what can, can I do like at a comfortable, like, and then what are my other like priorities? Yeah. That is non-work related and stuff and how to balance that out. So I thought that was huge for me to, to really take that time and, and realize that like, Oh, okay. I actually don't want to have this many, this many clients and stuff. So, um, after that, I mean, I finished it out and, um, since then it's like, okay, like now I know how many clients are that I'm okay. That I feel comfortable with like active or like, you know, maybe it's just like, you know, here and there throughout, um, and I mean, for me, that's four. So that's like literally in half. <laughs> so. You ha- you were working with eight actively. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but can I share? Because something you put in the email, oh, you yeah. you emailed me. Um, it was like March of this year, March of 2022, and you said, "In the first two and a half months of this year, I have already made more than I made in the entire previous year financially." Yep. Yeah, yeah. So you so made a boatload like, of money. Awesome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, and that's where <laughs> that's where it's like a huge difference between like working full time is oh, like definitely. you know, you mm-hmm. might have like slow and fat and like high and low seasons in terms of like the workload, yeah. but your compensation doesn't change. Like as a freelancer, you put in all this work, you worked really hard for six months, and I imagine like financially that was pretty big win. Oh yeah. It was, I mean, I took the past two months practically off. You did? Without, yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm like, well, you know, I'm going to enjoy the summer and that's like a big deal for me because I'm, yeah. I feel like I'm a workaholic. So yeah. to like actually like dial back and be like, no, like, and being able to focus on other parts of my life and stuff yeah. that like that freedom, I mean, you can only get with, with freelancing. I mean, yeah. I would hate to do the nine to five, being able to almost batch it, like where it's like, okay, I want to work hard for this amount of time. All right. I want to yeah. like take the summer off even. It's, I've been on like multiple vacations. It's just, I don't have to worry about, oh no, do I even get the time off? And yeah, 
it's been, yeah, really great to have yeah. that flexibility. Mm-hmm. So what'd you do? You went on some vacations. Where'd you go? Did you do anything exciting? Oh yeah. yeah. I went on a cruise. What? Mexico. Ah. Oh yeah. Visited family. It's yeah. It's just been great. Like, you know, focusing on like my own, just like hobbies or something, you know, self-care, yeah. all of that. It's yeah. It's, it's a dream. Honestly, it's, it's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. Um, okay. So I want to talk about a couple of things. So talk to us a little bit about, like you said that you had clients that you had, uh, brands that you had spoken to like three or six months prior that all of a sudden mm-hmm. came back. So how were you getting in touch with these brands initially? Were you just doing cold pitching or like, what was your outreach? Yeah, I was doing cold pitching. Um, let's see. Um, one of them I might've reached out to from your, uh, like, SFF uh, Facebook group, you know, how they okay. post the, yep. the job Yeah, 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 we share opportunities um, there. Okay. Yep. And, uh, yeah, a majority of cold, just cold pitching, yep. Okay. Just reaching out. Mm-hmm. And Where it, it's like, oh, okay, they're interested, but not so much in the 3D. Oh, they have to, like, crunch numbers. And, honestly, there's, like, some consultations that I did where I'm like, oh, okay, well, that that's fine. I'm never going to hear from them again. Like, I just got that vibe, and that's totally okay. Yeah. Like, and then they come back, I'm like, oh, wow, like, never thought I'd hear from you yeah. again, so. Yeah. And were you keeping in touch with them in the meantime, like, every three or four months, sending a little, hey, how's things going, just wanted to Most of them. touch base? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, just, like, sending articles, you know, just relevant. Sending some value. Things happening. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Um, would you be open to talking about pricing openly? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm always adapting pricing, um, especially with 3d. That is definitely a a struggle of like figuring out how to price that in fashion, but yeah, yeah, I'm totally open. Okay, cool. So, um, I'd love to know, so, so financially, I know you said like in two and a half months this year, you made Mm -hmm. more than you made in the entire 12 months of last year. That's massive. Is that just because you had much more like that much more workload or you had adjusted your prices or what was the main reason for that? Um, I think it was a majority, just more workload. Okay. Um, I, I have adjusted my prices. Um, and then even more so within the past like month or two, now that I am doing 3d, that's very different than the pricing of, um, like just pattern making. Right. Okay. So talk to us a little bit about like, where were you at with Pat? And now you say just doing 3d. So have you, exclusively niche down to like, I only do 3d. Yeah. I don't do physical samples anymore. You used to do that. I used to do that. Yep. Okay. Very happy to say that I'm done. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. That's amazing. So it sounds like that just happened in the last couple months that you're like, yeah, officially cut out all the physical. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, so like, just could you talk us through some of your, like, what your pattern making packages looked like? Or I don't know if you're charging hourly or by the, you know, pro- project versus now where you're at with 3D and like how that kind of compares. Yeah. Um, so last time we spoke, well, I've always been doing project based. And then um, I've always, yeah, like I said, I was trying to figure out how to like put in 3D. And the best way I was able to figure out is just package it put it into a package where it's like, okay, first through, um, you you get your first pattern and then maybe like, what do I have it? Uh, three, three revisions. I might put it down to two, but, um, and that's with the 3d sample. That's non-rendering. So just the 3d sample. So you can see that. And then, um, anything after that would be hourly. Okay. Um, and that includes, I mean, I've never had anybody need to go past the three revisions. Uh, So then that's like the production pattern too. So pretty much first through production with three uh, revisions of 3D sampling. Okay. So would you be willing to share like what your package price for that is? Yeah. um, hmm. Let's see. So it ranges. Depending on the environment. Yeah. 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 Starting would be about, um, I'm like, "Hmm, let me pull up my prices. Yeah. What am I charging? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question. It's um, it's something it's not, comfortable. I'm making good money, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> well, because you know, like everybody's like slightly different. So I'm like, wait, where do I have everybody at right now? Um, it, it's about twelve hundred starting. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. And 
Yeah, anywhere from a thousand to like fifteen hundred, depending. Okay, I on the garment, range, yeah. like a t-shirt mm-hmm. versus like a jacket or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and you said you just recently raised your prices. I did. Yeah, I. I just honestly tacked on like for the packaging. I just tacked on like a few hundred and. Um, my hourly though, I went from 50 to 65. Okay. And how has that been received by your clients? Absolutely fine. Like it's not, like you don't even know there's a price change. Yeah. Well, so there's been like a few clients where, yeah, I've had to like introduce it while working with them. So I kind of wait for there to be like, okay, like the agreed upon workload, we finish that. And now anything after that, these are my prices now. Mm -hmm. And it's just been perceived like, Fine. I mean, very, yeah. Okay. That's awesome. uh, That's mm -hmm. awesome. I love hearing that. I think, you know, people always feel really nervous to raise their prices, which I get. Um, (laughs) But pretty much every freelancer I've spoken with is like, it's been very well received. And like, maybe they lose like one person, but like overall, most people, Mm -hmm. you're, when you're a great freelancer and you do an exceptional job, which I know you do, and a lot of our students inside of FAST do, because that's, you know, how, Mm -hmm. how we help train you guys. Um, and, and educate you to do is people are then happy to pay that rate. Oh yeah, definitely. Especially if you've already done like a project for them and yeah. they've seen the results and yeah. stuff. They're like, well, yeah, I want to like continue working with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything you, I've, I've yeah, had people ahead. say like, do you want to continue working with me? So for oh. like another collection, which has been like, wait, what? Like, yeah, of course. Been- I mean, maybe <laughs> sometimes you don't. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's been, what types of brands? Is it mostly like small independent startups? Um, let's see. Yeah, yeah. It's about um, mostly startups actually, yeah. Okay. Not that they haven't like had brands in the past, but at least it's uh, – I'm working with people that tend to kind of at least know how to start a business. I found that okay. that's actually a, a great way to find people. Like a cold pitch too. Yeah. Like say, um, you know, somebody's like, I'm working with someone who's a in automotive owns their own company, but hit my mic. Um, but they were interested in starting a, a fashion brand. Well, I mean, that's a green light for me. They already know that how to like how business. to start a business. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not in that industry, but yeah, you know what I mean. There's they know like the logistics a lot less of running a business. Yeah, and there's a lot more trust as well with that like oh. so they you know they know to trust people and they're not as uh I guess nickel and diming because they know it costs money they know it costs money brands, so. Mm-hmm. so how do you how are you like finding that out or seeing that when you're finding these brands to ultimately pitch to um so if they like Instagram can help uh like just with their presence knowing that like okay for example okay they're an automotive well how much more are they engaging in like a personality aspect and if you can sense that they are willing to branch out and other like trickle down in other aspects, like say, I don't know, somebody's doing like home goods. Well, maybe they want to start doing like clothing with that or, you know, so like just pairing or, uh, I mean, I'm not working with any influencers, but that as well. I mean, I feel like so many influencers are now like, oh, well, I'm going to start a fashion brand now. Yeah. And stuff. So okay. I think that like just branching off. But like, okay, but like the automotive one, for example, I'm still a little mm-hmm. confused. So yeah, did you just like, you found this brand on Instagram and then how did you know that they had also had this automotive brand, meaning it was a green light for you to be like, oh, they already know how to run a business and they understand it's going to cost money. Or was that something you learned afterwards? Uh, it's something I learned afterwards. Okay. Yeah. I thought you were yeah, saying yeah, that yeah. like you were figuring out a way to find these brands that know they had had a business before <laughs> and then seeing that as a green light. Okay, no, that's this was just not something. An original thought. It was like, wow. Okay, okay. That's a good way. Like, mm-hmm. okay, got it. So you learn out, learn after the fact that they've already had a business, and you're like, bingo, this could be a great client because oh, yeah. da, 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 what we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Okay, understand. Yeah, yeah. And just the comparison of like working with somebody, yeah, that already has a business, and then with it's, somebody that like doesn't even know like the terminology totally. of you know what's a seam. It's like woof. Yeah. The like difference in just uh, energy yeah. is like that you have to put in is massive. I can imagine. I can imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Okay. So are you, you just wrapped up a bunch of projects. You took two months off. Um, where are you at right now? Are you like getting some new projects from some of these previous clients? Like they were coming back with more stuff. Are you pitching again? Like where are you at? Oh yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I've been still doing like meetings and maybe like one thing here or there. Uh, but yeah, I have, um, a few projects with, um, like returning recurring clients, uh, okay. starting back in August. Okay. Um, it's July 28th. So that's in like a couple days. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. So I'm starting to get like my, uh, like getting back in the mindset of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also, um, I've been touching base again with like the 3d work, learning, um, some new pipeline stuff to clean up some of my workflow. Um, and like, Oh, the whole business aspect. It's like, man, I meant to have like a website up in January and it's just like, so all of that was put on hold. So <laughs> Yep. I mean, at this point now, I think with all the just different, um, how 3D is new and all the different types of services and customization that you can do, it's like, okay, I need like, I need to stop like sending all these PDFs. I just need like a website so people can just view like one page. Yeah. But you've gotten um, this far with just PDF portfolio. I honestly can't believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's like none of it's recent. <laughs> like yeah, all like the, your LinkedIn has like a few screenshots and like literally that's kind of all you had and, and some PDFs, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like the skills that I have now are not represented whatsoever in my portfolio. And that's why I'm like, I don't even know how. So, I mean, it's a pleasant surprise for them. <laughs> like when, yeah. you know, like quality, like a just realistic rendering and whatnot is, um, it's just that much more realistic, but, uh, yeah, it's it's something, and then it's like, well, I'm working on these projects, but I can't like post that yet, right? It's because not, it's yeah, yeah sensitive. <laughs> so I just haven't had any time to do like my personal uh, projects to be able to really post that. But I mean, so I've yeah, I've started this month um, getting back into that. So I'm kind of just like building back up to uh, kind of uh, I don't know, be be up to date, be current <laughs> with what I'm doing. So then when I start my projects, um, I won't have to worry about all that and. You know, I, I haven't, you know, I haven't cold pitched in like at least, I, yeah, I don't know, probably since May or June of, um, of last year, but I, so over a year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not opposed to it though. I'm, I'm thinking like, well, you know, I'm going to have all this new stuff. Oh yeah. I'll probably just send a few things, you know, see what happens. Yeah. Uh, just to get the word out there. Yeah. Get myself out there. I guess. Yeah. Um, although I'd be surprised if you honestly have to, cause I just feel like the trajectory that you're on, like you're just going to get repeat clients. You're going to get more referrals. Like it's just going to keep growing. Um, what is so surprising to you that you got this far with just that like basic PDF portfolio that you haven't updated? Why does that surprise you? Surprise me because like, well, because it's not like my, I guess in my eyes, it's not my best work. It's just what I had. So I really had to just be like, well, oh, well, like I just need to throw something together. Mm -hmm. I just need to have something. So like, uh, being like just cutting yourself off like that. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, you're your own biggest critic. So when you see your stuff, it's like, ah, I like, I can do so much better than that now. It's like not even like fully like representing me. It's so like. I mean, that's what I see. Um, but I think just the, I guess just like the visuals. I mean, I don't, I just try to keep a very like image. Like I, I honestly don't even do much in like, uh, you know, when I'm trying to negotiate projects and turn them on to like the 3D sampling or something, I just send them PDFs. So like, oh, if you're interested, this is what it looks like. You know, this is what it is. Because I, I think just, visuals speak more for themselves, especially yeah. when, um, you know, people don't maybe know all the terminology or, you sure. know, this logistics of it. Sure, 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 sure. Um, okay. But congrats on having that because having that success with, uh, like out arguably air quote outdated, you know, like you said, <laughs> maybe not your best, what you feel is your best work or representative of what mm-hmm. you can actually do now portfolio, because, I just love that. Everybody feels like they have to focus so much on their portfolio and it could just become this like full-time job of like you have to keep it updated. But at the, at the mm-hmm. end of the day, I think we put yeah. a lot more weight on it than. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Uh, 
yeah, I mean, just get it out there, whatever you have. It really doesn't like yeah. matter. Yeah. Somebody's not like being like, oh, well, hmm, that's not like proportionally, you know, like, or <laughs> whatever it is in your medium, you know, like yeah. they, they don't have the same eye that you have. They just see somebody like, oh, wow, they're working in like the software or yeah. it looks like, it looks like they know what they're doing. Yeah. Like, I don't. Yeah. So a lot of times yeah. you just need to show that like quick at the glance, like, okay, mm-hmm. yes, this looks like a legitimate tech pack. Yes. This looks like a legitimate yeah, like yeah. 3d rendering or however you, I don't know the terminology mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And just like organization. Yeah. You know, just keeping things clean. Looking. Yeah. Simple. Mm-hmm. Focused. Yeah, definitely. Um, you mentioned earlier that you like a lot of the business and administrative side of freelancing felt a little, like it got to be a lot and you said, mentioned Google calendar and stuff. Like, Talk to us a little bit about what were some of, like, beyond maybe scheduling or maybe it was just scheduling, like, what were some of those those administrative things that felt to be a lot and how did you manage that? Yeah, well, for me, I just know that I'm not good with, um, like, emailing, like, the communication aspect. I'm very hyper-focused in, like, when I'm doing work. So then, like, being pulled out of that to, like, answer an email it's like torture for me. Like I can't just like change like that type of like mindset. So I've, um, I mean, I only check my email two or three times a day. I have designated times where I do that. I can't have like the notifications or the pings getting me because then it's like, it seems like one test seems like 10, you know, it's just being pulled out of that, like that very like hyper focus or like I'm doing math, I can't do fractions. And then like, now I'm having a conversation or, um, so I mean, it might not be like that for a lot of people, but yeah, emails awful with it. I struggle big time. Like even just like, so I do like Calendly, I think it's called for like scheduling. Uh So it's like, okay, cool. I don't have to have that back and forth. So I'm really just trying, I'm still trying to find more automated like automating as much as I can. I mean, I have like for invoices or, um, you know, proposals, whatever it's, it's all, there's all these templates. Everything's a template. Um, are you just using like Excel or like a basic spreadsheet or using a software? Yep. Yeah. I just use Excel. Okay. Um, yeah, everything's just, uh, pretty much like a copy and paste over and then I plug in. Um, I, I definitely log everything. Like, so definitely writing the invoices as I'm doing it instead of having to like search through emails and be like, uh, what did I charge this person again <laughs> or something like oh. that's a huge one because not everybody is like paying the same. Yeah. So like I've moved other people to like when I was raising the prices or, or, you know, like some people like I'll give like a discount or something too, if it's like a large project and sure. you know, I would honor that. Um, so it, it was really just kind of like mentally keeping track of, of like just, just simple things like that, but it's yeah. like a lot in my head for that. So it, it, I just had to be very organized with um, just filling things out as I go, doing those notes, just having like literally a note sheet for that client. Right. So I'm not searching through emails. To be like, how um, much do so they quote them? Right. Yeah. 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 What? Are, yeah. What's the status on this? Or right. so just everything. You know, description, date. You know, every every interaction I have with them. So it's just like very brief, almost like listed. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Are you using any Um, type of like project management software? I'm not. I'm very open to it though. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah, That feels, (laughs) I mean, I'll be honest. We started using Asana like mm, less than a year ago, maybe a year ago. And I was really opposed to, like, I'm the kind of person, I can keep so much shit in my head. <laughs> like, I am really good at that. <laughs> to a so fault. then how did it work out for you? Like, uh, uh, great. Switching now. To, oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, because I was like, oh, but I can just keep it all in my head and da 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 <clears throat> Excuse me. And I have found that the mental weight has really been lessened by not having to keep it in my head. Like I'm capable, um, but it's just, it's really helped to get it on paper and then be able to forget about it because I know that like, it's going to come up on my, it's going to give me a reminder that this has to get done, blah, 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 whatever. Right. 
Um, and, and then there was be like projects where I was like, oh, well, it's a small project. Like I'm just gonna, I'm not going to put it into a sauna. I'm just going to like run oh, with yeah. it. <laughs> and then I would literally be like 50% through it. And I'd be like, why did I not put this in there? And I'll sit mm-hmm. down for like an hour and I'll put everything in there and assign tasks and do all the things. And I'm like, <sighs> yeah. um, I like sleep better. Like I don't wake up. I mean, I still do, but I don't wake up as much in the middle of the night being like oh, wow. with your brain spinning on all the things, yeah, yeah. just like mm-hmm. having somewhere to dump it. Um, I you know there's yeah. a ton of tools out there. So I think it's just a matter of finding what works for you and. Mm-hmm. I was very resistant, but it's been great. So, you oh. know, I, I was, I'm surprised to hear that you haven't implemented something based on like juggling eight clients. And like, like you said, the timelines of like, when is this due for this client? Like, what's the status of this mm-hmm. project? Like that just feels like a lot to juggle. Yeah. I mean, I'm fine with juggling the work. It's just like the communication of like, wait, when did, when was the last time I spoke to this? Or, you know, just like, yeah, being present, you know, like yeah, maybe update up, them on know, the status, getting up to exactly. Yeah. Just, yeah trying to be present for them as well yeah um but that's so interesting you see the weight the weight that it has on you it's like it's a lot that's what I've experienced like freelancing it's like oh I have more responsibility (laughs) like like this is on you know what I mean it's not like oh bring it to my managers yeah 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 yeah. it's you yeah so it's like that weight I think just yeah it holds a lot on me like just exactly making sure that everybody is um like updated like they feel comfortable along with the process with what's going on and because there are varying like trust levels and stuff and even just keeping like tabs on that of like okay this person is okay with me to just go with it yeah and stuff and other people it's like oh no I like I do need to like go along the process with them or even help them because they have questions with what's going you know, what are the next steps and yeah. all that. Yeah. So it's just very, di- like, everybody's kind of on a different level. So that's, uh, yeah, the, the weight for sure. It's, but writing it down though, that's, that's great that, um, that that's worked for you. I'm definitely going to check it out. Yeah. Uh, why I haven't done that. Yeah. Right. It's, <laughs> I mean, I you've been it, busy. It, it just all happened at once. Yeah. So it was like, ah, I don't even like <laughs> I mean, I didn't do it for years. Putting like new systems into place. And yeah. Then, so like now is the time where it's like I'm starting to visit that and these uh, like this next following month that'll be more you know until it starts like really picking up again. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel like it has been going with like you charge flat project price? Um, mm-hmm. And I know you said it includes like two or three revisions, and then anything beyond that it turns into hourly. Um, mm-hmm. how do you feel like that's working out for you? Cause I know a challenge a lot of people have is they charge projects, but then the project winds up taking, you know, twice as long. So they're really not making as much money because they put in twice as many hours as they had originally anticipated. Um, has that been a challenge for you? And if so, um, like, what have you done? Do you mean like putting in twice as many hours just like based off of like revisions or like I mean it could be anything back from it could be anything. So it's like let's say you your rate sixty five an hour and so you quote something for six hundred and fifty dollars that should take you ten hours. Okay. But it winds up taking you fifteen or eighteen or twenty hours. So you really made like forty, mm-hmm. thirty five, thirty bucks an hour. Um, mm-hmm. which is not like ideal according to the rate that you ultimately want to learn earn. So, um, I just, I say this because okay. I've heard this feedback from a lot of people. I also just had a strategy session with a fast student, um, like two days ago who was literally in this position. She goes the whole last year of freelancing. I feel like everything took me one and a half or two times as long. And I'm still trying to figure out like the project pricing nuances to get that. Uh, you know what okay. I'm saying? I got it. Mm. Like what's your, what's been your learning curve on that? So I mean, if it does take me longer, I definitely eat that. I won't like yeah ask for more money. Um, I would just let them know and raise it for like the next time around. You know what I mean? Next whatever like proposal that goes out. Yeah. Um, for well, I actually have had an experience where I'm like, you know what, like this is actually more involved where this isn't really like, like with sourcing, I don't do sourcing. Okay. But I felt like, um, a client was asking me like so many questions on like, you know, really having to like hold their hand through the process. It's like, 
you know, that's a lot of emails. That's a lot, that's a lot of, of time. Like, hours that I'm actually like, hmm, you know what? Let me just like look this up for you because it'll like, you know, that's doing like the research for them pretty much. Um, and, and yeah, I did say like, you know, based off like the scope and, you know, all of that, it's like, I did end up like saying like, I am going to like put a like sourcing fee into our next invoice. Cause I just, most people I do invoices like monthly Okay. and, uh, and you know, the, Oh, okay. Yeah. Totally understand. Yeah. Is that okay with you? Like, yeah. how do you feel towards that? And I mean, I've had no backlash or anything because yeah, I mean, they're getting a lot of value information value. Yeah. 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 Um, when it comes to, so I've always done project-based, um, not, not unfortunately, but I guess I've, especially working with that agency, I kind of really, uh, learned, um, okay, like, well, I know it takes me this long and I guess I kind of started out with that doing uh, like production okay. sewing and doing those previous collections and my full-time job. It's like, okay, well, I kind of know how long it's going to take me to do something like that. Um, and so I've, if anything, I've had the year to just be able to really polish that. I always also just round two hours up or okay. something like just round up with everything when you do add project pricing. Yeah. 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 I always add a little buffer. Um, I mean, if you do it in less time, that's great. Works for you. Um, it's not like clients like, you know, feel you're not ripping anybody off yeah. because it, it kind of evens itself out. And some projects you know? go a little over and just come down exactly. the Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, really, for the 3D aspect, that's where I've had a huge learning curve. And that's actually why I did start bringing hourly back. Um, so I'll have, like, the project, and but there's just, like, so many different types of customizing of, like, well, how realistic do you want it? Like, how much information are they giving me of, like, the fabrics? How much, like, do I need to, you know, create a new fabric and stuff, like, digitize a new fabric? You know, all these little things, like, you know, it's this type of build for the avatar, like, do they need it? Does it not follow like the typical, like, cause even in Clo, I mean, yeah, you can change the sizes, but say somebody's more like Apple built than, you know what I mean? They're not being proportionally. Versus a pear shape versus an yeah, inverted triangle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that takes extra. So that's an extra like software and work and stuff. So, so all of that, anything kind of out of that scope of just like bare bones, it, that's when I just start doing tacking on the hourly because there's really no way to know for sure like how that's going to be and then you know if they want to change it or have revisions and stuff it's like well most that's the great thing about 3d it's like it's very subjective so i'm getting that like artistic feel that creativity aspect um so like the changes though are mostly subjective of just like well actually i want like the tone like the sheen of that fabric just like a couple notches down it's like well that's like just a preference you know at that point so i mean as long as they're okay with like okay like i I give them an estimate of like how long i think that'll take yeah but but yeah all that's just hourly okay so it sounds like you've got i mean there was obviously a learning curve you had some opportunity with your previous client for that agency you were freelancing for to kind of dial in your time Mm -hmm. and and make note of how long certain things took you adjust accordingly going forward with clients and then it sounds like you're at a spot now where you just have these like um a little bit more standardized package like you said obviously it depends on the garment but it's fairly standardized and then anything outside of that you're just doing hourly because there's too many variables yeah yeah especially yeah with the 3d for sure okay okay and so people who are listening won't be able to see this, but you're in, I, I'm just jumping really fast, but you're in a space with a dress form and um, a bunch of sewing machines. Oh yeah, and my stuff. studio. Your uh-huh. studio. Is this outside of your home? Nope, nope, this is in my home. This is in your home. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you just have this all set up. I mean, you said you're not sewing physical samples anymore. You, do you still sew for fun, like your own? Oh yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. You make a lot of your oh, own clothes yeah, and stuff? Oh yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Probably like 80% of the closet or whatever. Oh, wow. Quite a bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm like, I guess that's a You make 80% of your clothes? Yeah. Yeah. I would like looking at me like probably maybe, maybe something I'm wearing, but not That's a good bit. um, It's something I've always loved doing. Okay. That's how I got into fashion. So it's like, yeah, I I do need to have that like hands-on experience with creating the clothes. Okay. Just with, um doing it for for clients and stuff it was just 
took the fun right out of it. And there's just so much more stress with it where I'm like, wow, I actually don't like doing this, like in a professional sense. Like, yeah. There is a, what was so stressful or like not fun about it? Um, so actually talking about, um, like pricing and stuff like, yeah, you give an estimate, but I mean, it all depends with like the fabrics that they send you, Mm -hmm. what it like, how, like, even if they give you a tech pack, how good the tech pack is, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, so a lot of it, it's like, oh, so I actually need to really plug in the like blank spaces and actually just figure out how to construct this so it would be different if you got like uh like an operations order of operations to just like here's a pattern construct it and stuff and that's fine but it's really hard to gauge what you're working with and to be able to give an estimate Mm. um you know up front Mm -hmm. in that sense okay totally i used to do a lot of catalog work when i was a freelancer like laying out the catalogs And people would be like, I don't know if you or anyone listening has ever done anything in like InDesign, but um, it's a multi-page layout software. Like if you're laying out like a 64-page catalog, you're going to put it in InDesign. There's all these tools to make it more efficient. Anyways, the point is I I learned that I had to require – I need to see what what you have existing that I'm going to be working with before I can price this. Mm. I inherited once a catalog that was literally – like 50, 60 pages, I forget. Every page was wow. an individual Illustrator file. Ah. <laughs> and I was like. Exactly, little things like uh, that. Yeah, no, this is not going to work. Like, I cannot work with this. I will be moving it into InDesign, which is like a whole nother fee, right, to then like mm. do. Because these were like brands that, you know, they had their base items and then maybe colors got updated and then they would have some collections that, you know, but they had their essential items that got carried over season over season and. And I get it. It's like not knowing what you're going to inherit on certain projects is like can be mm-hmm. really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's fascinating. So you would require the catalogs, like the physical items sent to you, or were they physical or just digital? No, digital. Like if oh, okay. they have previously okay. had a catalog that either someone in house was doing, or they had another freelancer doing it, and then I was going to be doing it for the next season. Um, and like, let's say, you know, 60% of the catalog can get carried over. We just maybe updating new styles and updating colors and maybe the page order changes a little bit, new photos, da, 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 whatever. But a lot of it just gets carried over, right? It's file, save as, okay. and then you change. I would be like, I need to see the digital files yeah. before I can give you a quote because there's certain things that are just like, even the InDesign file, if it wasn't set up right. So I see yeah, what you're yeah, saying with like true. you never know what kind of tech pack you're getting or what kind of fabric and then different fabrics mm-hmm. have different nuances and can take longer and mm-hmm. that can be tough. Oh yeah. So I that mean, was really stressful s- and not fun for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was Yeah, just a lot of stress. It made me like like oh good, this is over with. Like Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's done. Yeah. Stuff where but yeah, I'll, I'll always love to just I need to be working with my hands because I feel like because I work so much, like my job is just the computer. Like I'm at the computer. So like not having that like hands-on experience with like how fabrics work and stuff, I I think it's very important to, to stay um, like in tune with that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, Okay. So I know we talked about this in the last episode when we did a year ago, but I just, I want to kind of do another recap of like where you've been and where you are now. So I forget when you joined Freelance Accelerator. Um, maybe March, March of 2021. Okay. Sounds about right. So a little more than a year ago. Yep. And when you came on the podcast in, well, it aired in July, but I think I interviewed you like in May or something mm. and you were like, I am earning more in one day of freelancing than I was earning in two weeks of my full-time job. Mm -hmm. Um, Yep. (laughs) And now let's fast forward a year to where we are now. I imagine that's changed even quite a bit more. Oh, yeah. Um, So I would say that was pretty um, accurate for the rest of the year. Okay. Um, You know, some months better than others. But, yeah, it was overall definitely earn more. Um, and then let's see, like I said, just within the first three months of this year, um, hmm, I surpassed that. I mean, 
probably like I almost doubled that. Oh shit! Um, to this point, to this point, not the first three months. Oh, but yes, okay. I've but we're six yeah, months yeah. in, and you've earned yes. twice as much as you earned in all of, in twelve months of last year. Correct. Yes. Okay. Um, okay, that's amazing. Congratulations! You should oh, be very proud you. of yourself. That's a huge accomplishment. Um, how does it feel? I it feels great, honestly. Uh, it's just you know I I'm just continuing. Always going to be learning. I, I don't feel like you just all of a sudden like, ah, I have this. I get it. Yeah. Like I know how all this works. So I'm just, uh, I, it's just a learning experience. And that was something I just need to, uh, be okay with not having control over every aspect. Yeah. Um, the money is, it's amazing. Yeah. It's great. At the same time, it's like, I chose to take like two months slower, but at the same time, like, oof, like that feels weird that I'm not like having an active, like, steady like income at the moment even though I chose it it's it's so and even though you already made like way more money than you did last year yeah yeah it's just weird um like so just uh I don't know like really I mean that's that's something with me where it's like oh no I'm not actively doing anything I must be you know I must not be doing a good job or like you know I must not be successful it's just like that common like like voice that you have in your head but it's it's so great to like, yeah, look back and be like, no, I, if I wanted to, I don't have to work the rest of it. You know what I mean? I don't, you know, like I don't have to take on all these projects. I've said no to so many and that, that's so like, it's empowering, honestly, of just being able to spot out like, okay, this is like what I want to do, what I don't want to do. And that follows through like the confidence of that follows through into like your personal life too. Of just oh, like, how? yeah, like, well, just having like that, like confidence of like, even just trying new things or like putting myself out there more. I don't like, or, you know, I'm so antisocial. Like what well, I just <laughs> discovered like rock climbing or like yeah. a few months ago. And it's just like such a random thing, but it's like, yeah, I have the time off and I'm just want to like try new things. It's just, again, just having that open-mindedness of just experiencing is just a learning experience. So it's, and I found something that I absolutely love. So it's like, if I want to, I can still like middle of the afternoon, if I want to go, I can do that. And it's, it's very like, yeah, just having that confidence of, of self, you're touching base with like, you know, the whole mental health of like, Hmm, like, like this is what I struggle with like you have to call yourself out of like okay I know I'm not good at this so this might need like more attention or I'm speaking so vaguely but you know or I'm very good at this and like just creating your own schedule like you know your boss tells you you're working when to go in the office when you have a meeting Mm -hmm. you know when you have this where it's like okay well I only do meetings twice a week, like two days a week. That's where you can book a meeting because it's like, yeah. well, I don't want to, maybe I don't want to take a shower. I don't know. Totally. You know, like, totally. It's, it's just, so like really like having that like trust or confidence in yourself to make those decisions. And um, I think it definitely um, is fluid throughout every aspect of your life. Mm-hmm. That is so cool. I mean, I can see how much you've thought about this, which I think is really cool. Like you've thought about these nuances of like, I, well, first of all, making the choice to be like, I do meetings two days a week, which I love. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll tell you right out. I record the podcast four times a year. I block a a week. I love that. Uh, Let me tell you, I love it too. I (laughs) used to, this is years back when we first started, like we started the podcast in like 2016 or 17. I used to just like, I was always ahead, but I would just like record here and there on a whim. And then it's like, you're constantly thinking about the podcast or like you, like you might be, you're constantly getting interrupted where like you can't sit down and focus for the whole day or, um, like you said, you don't want to shower. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the mental weight. Mm -hmm. And now I sit down for a week. I do eight episodes in a week. It's a lot for that week, but then I don't have to think about it for like three months. And it's life-changing. So when you said that with the meetings, I was like, not only having the confidence, like not only being like, okay, consciously, I'm going to do this because this is going to work better for my schedule, but then having the confidence and even noting to yourself that that was a confident decision you had to make Mm -hmm. to be like, I'm going to take the power. I'm going to take control of this and do this. Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of people might feel like, 
oh, but what if my clients, blah, 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 blah. I mean, obviously you can be amenable to people, but at some point part of freelancing, the value is that you get to take that control and you get to call those shots. Definitely. Yeah, that's true. Like I I can't really say when that might've switched, but I mean, just as you do it, it, you'll start like trusting yourself. I think that's just the huge thing of um, like, well, oh no, if I actually put myself first, then that means I'm going to like lose some. And I think that's a huge thing that people just have into like the people pleasing and yeah, stuff of totally. just what people carry with them today. And it's like when it might be like also the demeanor of how you put yourself, like if you're not questioning it and it's like, no, it's this fact, like I only do meetings these you know, two days and it's only within these time blocks. Yeah. Or something. It's not like even like eight morning, to five so all day. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Then, I mean, then that's their options. I mean, that's like saying like, Oh, a store is open and those are the store hours. You yeah. Know, you go before the store opens and like, Hey, you know, like expect somebody to open up the door. Yeah. So it's, it's just very, yeah. Like that's, you have to, uh, assert yourself just as like, um, as a business, as a business, you are a business. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You totally are a business. Um, that's amazing. Um, how, uh, we'll start to wrap up here. I just, I, I want to know, like yeah. two years ago, you were working long hours in a mm-hmm. job that was, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but <laughs> it was, yeah, it was uh, not the best. Kind of a dead end. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. you're, you were not making very much money. Yeah. Um, you had no like freedom and time flexibility or anything in mm-hmm. two short years. You're, you're in a completely different place on so many levels. Like what, yeah. it, how does it like, do you ever think about that transformation that you've made? Well, I'm thinking about it now as you're describing it. Like, <laughs> yeah, I had no like flexibility. It's like, imagine, okay, you wake up and you, that's what you do. You work Monday through Friday. Yeah. And that's what you do. I feel like a lot of people like live for the weekend mm-hmm. and, um, you know, just, like that's a huge part of your life is like to not enjoy or to be working for somebody else or to be like putting somebody else first. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. I mean that that's makes me feel sad to think about it that like people, a lot of people don't have, aren't able to do that or, Mm -hmm. you know, haven't. Yeah. I mean, they're in different circumstances. I mean, being able to, to do this, it's like, I feel like my life comes first, almost. It's like such a big part. It's not like, oh, I work, and then this is what I do on my spare time. Mm. It's like, no, I have a life, and then this is, like, I mean, I I love what I do, so it, it helps with that. Um, Which is part of freelancing. You get to do what you love. Exactly, yeah. That's You're right. It's totally a part of it, and it, it's not like, and that's sort of like stress and stuff. Like I feel like I'm growing as, as a person. Like all other aspects of my life can kind of catch up. Where I feel like a lot of people like that work-life balance. It's like they primarily work, or like that's their priority, or where all their energy is going. Mm-hmm. When I feel like you know your physical, mental, like just all your like well-being, your happiness can actually catch up to that, and it can all be like exist on the same the same plane. It's not like a second rate citizen. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That makes any sense. No, it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I love too, that you're just like you said earlier, like the doing the physical patterns and sampling, you're like, mm-hmm. this is not making me happy and this is stressful. I'm not going to mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. Like you have yeah. the choice and the right and the power to like make that call and then take action on it and still make your freelance career like work amazingly well. Oh yeah. It was so great. Like saying people, Oh no, sorry. Don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that. (laughs) I don't do that. Yeah. uh, That month. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You should be so proud of yourself, Alexandra. You've, I mean, you've kicked so much butt and we'll we'll have you back on the show again. I'm sure in another year to catch up again. And, um, this is amazing. I'm so impressed with your trajectory. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. I mean, it's, I always love uh, catching up with you. uh, Yeah. Touching base throughout the year. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Um, Okay, two things before, three things before we go. One, um, a new question I'm I'm starting to drop in sometimes is um, paint us a picture of a day in the life 
of you as a freelancer? Mm-hmm. I know it varies because like obviously you were working crazy and then you like took two months off, but average yeah. day, what does it look like for you? Um, so, hmm. so an average day would be, I mean, I get up early, so I choose to do all like my, um, deep work, like four to nine, 4am and that, yeah, 4am to nine. Okay. And then from there it's like, oh, well now already by that time I'm kind of winding down for my day. Yeah. So I do all like my, like, oh, like intense work. Um, and so it's just like quiet. I have, you know, those life hasn't like woken up yet and stuff. I have the space to myself. <laughs> yeah. And, um, so by nine, it's like, okay, like then I'll, I'll have some tea kind of like now go down. I mean, I'm in my office and stuff, so I'll go down, you know, maybe hang out with my pets. I sit outside in the morning, you know, just have some coffee or whatever. And that's nice. I just can just, Hmm, what do I actually like? What do I want to do today? Yeah. And like just being able to do that. Something like, well, I'm working till five. It's awesome. Um, so yeah, I'll plan out like, what do I actually want to do today? Like not relating to work. And so then it's like, okay, I'm answering emails by like nine o'clock or so. And then, um, I'm having meetings that day after lunch. That's when I have them. I mean, again, I still might, now it's nice out, might be tanning in my backyard beforehand yeah, <laughs> or something. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like a variable. Yeah. Just catch up with emails. Maybe do like little things here and there that I need to do within the schedule. And then, um, honestly, I wrap up by, uh, by 2 p.m. I mean, you started at 4 a.m., so that's quite early. Well, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but still, um, you get so to like, choose like just, that just schedule. Just checking my email, like, one more time. Yeah. By, like, 2 p.m. So, like, yeah. I tend to do, like, more business and, like, learning stuff, like, afterwards in the afternoon. Yeah. So, again, it's, like, it's not just, like, the work that you do for clients. It's, like, how to better your business and, yeah. and learning those skills. So, I'll do that in, yeah, from, like, 9 to 2. Okay depending, varying. And then, yeah, I mean, maybe I take a nap. Maybe I go out for coffee or something, yeah. go to the gym. Uh, it's do whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're in Philadelphia. I'm in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Um, and your clients, are they located all around the U S all around the world or? Yeah. Yeah. Um, England, uh, West, uh, yeah, all, all over the place in the U.S. Um, I actually have one that found me on Instagram. They're, like, only 20 minutes north of me. Oh, ironically, yeah. And I'm still, like, I'm remote. I don't, <laughs> I don't, <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I don't go in. And like, <laughs> yeah, good for you mm-hmm. to have so the confidence been, to be, like, this is the boundary that I want to hold. This is what yeah, I want to do. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah, love that. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, okay, where can everybody connect with you online? Uh, um, well, eventually I'll have a website up. But, no, um, I definitely – I checked my LinkedIn Instagram. Uh, same Okay, we'll same link to those. as before. Yeah. Okay, perfect. We'll add those to show notes. Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. Yeah. And then um, the question I ask everybody at the end of the interview, what is one thing people never ask you about being a fashion freelancer that you wish they would? Hmm. trying to think how I answered it last time uh, well again I think I think it is still like the stigma that people don't like if say if I'm choosing to take time off they're like oh hmm, tough times right like how many clients <laughs> yeah like hmm, not good it's like well well no I chose to you know what I mean like they don't they don't understand like uh the consistency aspect like mm-hmm. I love batching like you said like yeah. doing the podcast episodes and stuff yeah. like that's how I choose or I know I like excel in that yeah um so when I think it it kind of um takes people back when they're uh when they see you doing like different things or kind of just like oh I'm just like enjoying my day like out and about and thinking like, oh, okay, if you're not actively doing something, then that must mean that you don't act- actively have stuff going on. Yeah. Like, work-wise. Mm-hmm. There's so yeah. many, like, mm-hmm. stigmas against freelancers. Like, we're yeah. we're all, like, eating ramen, living in unfurnished apartments, and, like, <laughs> with, like, late utility bills, like, piling up. Like, the starving yeah. freelancer. Mm-hmm. It's not the reality for a lot. 
No, it's not. It's uh, you really can live a not even just like I guess this year realizing it's not even about the fine. I mean, easy to say for me because I've like hit my goals already, but um, it's but really hit, not even like about you had a goal fully. for the whole year and you've already like made that much money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Congratulations. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> it's it really. I think the like mental health aspect yeah. of just that's what's really like been a huge realization for me this year. Yeah. Um, that's like, I mean, that's priceless. You can't get that in any other job. Yeah. Like, so. Like you said, putting yourself first and not like just living for the weekends. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is huge. That is huge. I love Mm -hmm. it. Great answer. Um, Alexandra, this has been so much fun. I've really loved chatting with you. Thank you so much for coming on the show again and sharing everything about your freelance career. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Successful Fashion Freelancer Podcast. I really appreciate you being here and supporting the show. If you haven't yet, make sure you're subscribed wherever you're tuning in. And uh, also a huge shout out and thank you to my team behind the scenes, Brittany, Tara, Daniel, my husband, Mark, who does all the tech and editing. There are so many moving pieces and parts to a podcast and it would not be possible without everybody who puts their energy and time into making this all happen. Thank you so much. Um, Let's see, what else? Oh, of course, my things I always say. (laughs) Um, If you want my best free resources on freelancing, head on over to soheidi.com slash freelance. We've linked that up in the show notes. And if you're curious how you can get started inside a freelance accelerator to get all the tools and support that you need, the templates, the tutorials, the videos, the training, the community, access to me and live Q&A and strategy sessions, that is all inside of Freelance Accelerator. Get yourself on the wait list. It only opens a couple times a year. Soheady.com slash fast, F-A-S-T. Again, linked in the show notes. Um, check that out for more information. And yeah, thank you so much for listening. I hope you're having an awesome day, whatever it is you are doing. And I will talk to you in the next episode. Bye.